4. This has been our main scripture text for the last three weeks. we got this week and next week to go. And so just real briefly, I'm going to paraphrase some of this. That The first one we talked about here was this on the wayside. And remember, the word of God came to every one of them. The Amplified says, and the same kind. And the same kind of seed fell on every one of them. Now in this one, the word hits right here, but it never gets in the heart. The second one we talked about last week was the stony ground. And what happens on that is, is persecutions and stuff arise. But the, the word, the same kind of the word of God fell on that. Today we're going to be on the, the third one, which is the thorny ground. Now if we read verses 1 through 8, it gives us a little bit of description. For time's sake, I'm going to start in verse 9 today. And Jesus said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that every one of us in this room have ears. Little ears, big ears, fat ears, ugly ears, cauliflower ears, all the different types of ears. The point is this, guys. I've got to heed. I've got to take the word of God and purpose in my heart to hear it, to listen to it. And I believe this is very, very key, especially with this parable. Okay? So I think it's important today that you say to yourself, I'm going to have ears to hear. Holy Spirit, I welcome you to help me. Help me to stay focused. Okay? You don't need a red bull to be focused. Okay? The Holy Spirit will help you. The name of Jesus. Now, same chapter, verse 13. And Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the other ones? This is a big one, guys. The sower sows the word. Now, I believe Jesus immediately wants you to understand the word of God is a key to every one of us. He lets us know that the seed that fell in every one of these grounds was the word of God, okay? Verse 4 or 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. So here we go. The word of God fell on the, this heart right here and it didn't get in. And if you'll note in there, the devil came immediately, what for? The word of God. This shows me the significance of the Word of God for every one of us. The devil will go to extreme measures to keep the Word of God from getting into you. Verse number 15 or 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the Word, immediately they receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. So once again here, they hear the word. Man, it's good news. The Bible is good news. But it only gets in and it doesn't get in deep enough to take root. It says, after they've heard the word of God, when tribulation and persecutions arise. It didn't say if. It said when they, they, they depart from the word of God. They leave the word of God. Now, think about this again. The first one, the devil comes after the word of God. This one, I believe the devil will use people to try to get the word of God from ever taking root in you. How do you know that? Well, he said, trouble or persecutions arise for the word's sake. Matthew 5, 11, Jesus will warn you and he said, to serve God, you're going to be persecuted. A lot of people don't want that. And so even in this one right here, the stony ground, 
I believe it has a lot to do with people that live off of their emotions. Their emotions are up and down, up and down. Why do I say that? Well, emotionally, not one of us in this room like the thought that I may be disliked. I don't like that. I want people to like me. But in this situation, because I stand up for the Word of God and I live for the Word of God, people are going to persecute you, okay? And understand this, this is another trick of the devil, what? To get the Word of God from you. The third one, verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the Word again. And the cares of the world, the deceitful riches... And the desires of other things enter in and choke the word. And it, the word, becomes unfruitful. This third one, guys, is right here. And this is what the word of God looks like. But because of these things he describes, it enters in and it chokes the word. Once again, in these first three, whether it was the devil, whether it was through people, or things of this earth, they're all designed to keep you from living by the Word of God. This shows me right here how important the Word is. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus tells us in that passage there's two roads, and Jesus tells us how to live. He says in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. But then he talks about the narrow road, and he said this narrow gate or this narrow road is difficult. It's hard, but it's the road that leads to life. I believe personally, more and more when I put all this together, that these first three, the wayside, the stony, and the thorny grounds, these are ones that live on the wide road. The easy road, the popular road. And because they do not live by the word of God, they never get to this point right here, which is the blessings, the 30, the 60, the 100 fold return. Now that's next week. This one right here, I believe, is the narrow road. Now he tells us, guys, it's not easy, but it's the road that leads to life. So I believe because the way the devil, because the way people, and because the things of this earth go after us, they're all to get the word of God. Listen what the message says for that verse right there. It says, they're overwhelmed with worry, stress that strangles what they hear. The Amplified says, these creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes unfruitful. These things of the world are designed to suffocate you from getting the truth. Now, Jesus himself, he tells us that the word of God is our lifeline. Uh, Matthew 4, 4 says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is telling us, i got to get the word. you got to get the word. I must make the word of God priority. And what I hear is the only thing I've become accountable for. Now, I believe in this verse right here, all these distractions that the world tries to bring on us are to pull us away from the word of God or better yet, to break your focus. God, I mean, the devil does not want you focused on, on the word. Now, I don't like to talk a lot about the devil, but he is the master distractor. 
He's going to do everything he can to keep you from living by the word of God. So you know what? You can blame this. You can blame that. Ultimately, you know who's, who's responsible? I am. Every one of us in this room today will hear the word of God. Some of it will be like that. Some of it will be like that. And some of it will be like that. And some will be like that. Ultimately, I choose which area of soil it's going to come into. Now, to, to help us out a little bit here this morning, I begin to read this in the Amplified. It broke it down into four or five or six categories. What verse 19 is talking about. I want to walk us through this just a little bit here this morning to help you. And this may locate you. The very first one the Amplified talks about says, The cares and the anxieties of the world. The cares and the anxiety of the world. Now, think about the cares of this world that we go through on a daily basis just to make it. Working nine to five. I get up and I go to work. Are you telling us we shouldn't go to work? No, you got to go to work. The Bible says in the Proverbs, all labor is profitable. The problem many times what happens is I get up, I go to work, I come home, I watch TV, I fall asleep, I get up, I eat, I go to work, I come home, I shower, I watch TV, I've and this becomes a pattern. And so ultimately, just the cares and the anxieties of this world. What's other anxieties? Well, many times in our life, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. And so if we're not careful, this is designed to suffocate the, the word from us. So you know what this is telling me? Even in my everyday life, I've still got to get the word of God in me. How many of you eat? At least three times a day. Some of us eat more than that. Once again, you've heard me say this. Smith Wigglesworth, the great evangelist, said this. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day. And our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we starve spiritually. Okay? So what I'm telling you here, you're not a bad person. The issue is you have not made the word of God priority. The second one. He says, the distractions of this age. The distractions of this age. Now, if we did a, a poll here this morning, and I went around and started asking you, how, how, how are you doing? You know how most people will respond in a one or two ways. I'm busy or I'm tired. And so the distractions of this age, think about in your own life. I've got to get kids to school. I've got to pay bills. I've got to get groceries. We have ball practice. We have piano practice. We have parent-teachers meeting. We have doctor's appointment, dentist appointment. We've got dog appointments. And the list is endless. Is that wrong? No, 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 it's not wrong. But it does become wrong when it dominates me. And once again, who sets your schedule? I do. I do. I'm in charge of my schedule. Now the key to every one of these, I believe, is to live a life of balance. Am I going to have to do things? Yes. But a lot of times, this is designed by the devil to break your focus. To keep you so stinking busy, you never get the word. 
my lifeline. The third one is the pleasures and delight. Proverbs 21, 17 in the message says, The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. The pursuit of pleasure. Now when I begin to look at this, the, the, the pleasure and delight, we are a people, and I say we, we are dominated by entertainment. I gotta be entertained. I gotta be entertained. We gotta go here. We gotta entertainment, entertainment, enter, and listen, is entertainment wrong? No. Until it starts dominating me. And when it starts dominating me, that's, that's totally different. Now let me ask you, what type of entertainment didn't uh, uh, dominate you? Every one of us have to answer that question. The fourth one that he talked about were riches and false glamour. The riches that he's talking about is I believe that they become our God. Many times, you know what we'll do? We'll work two and three jobs. We'll work overtime to think that riches are going to bring me a security. That if I have riches, no matter what's going on in life, I'm going to be okay. So we give all our thought to riches. Money, 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 money. And the other one in this passage he talked about was false glamour. Now, you know what false glamour would be? Would, would be how I look or appear. I give everything I got to my looks and my appearance. And sometimes, you know what that's based on? What you drive. Ooh, I drive such and such car. And you think that is security. In America right now, plastic surgery is a multi-million dollar or billion dollar industry. You know what most of that is based off of? False glamour. I want to appear beautiful. I want everybody to think this or that. And whether that's a, 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 a face surgery, plastic surgery here, nose job, other jobs, whatever they are, fill in the blank. Sorry. But you think about all this. Now, you know what it's all based on? This false glamour, this false image that we think, this is how I'm going to be made happy. I got a good friend who pastors in San Diego, and, and he's struggling right now. And he said, the, the people out there are dominated by false glamour. What I drive, where I live. You know, what you drive has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean nothing. I know people who may drive a brand new car and they're so far in debt they can hardly breathe. And so don't get caught up in this. And I believe these are things what? Does that mean you're a bad person? No. It means that they are trying to pull you from the word of God. The fifth one is cravings and passions for other things. Cravings and passions. You know what one of the biggest cravings in our society right now is? Is food. Have you eaten over here yet? Have you gone to this restaurant? Did you read the paper what restaurants we're getting ready to get? So much of our conversation is about food. Is that wrong? No. God could give a flip where you go and eat until it starts dominate you. Well, that's your whole livelihood. Okay? What about the, the areas of, of hobbies, passions? Now this one gets over in areas that will look totally different to every one of us. It could be you're dominated by your Harley. Oh, crud, pastor. 
It could be you're dominated by football, by golf, by going to the lake. See, it can look different for every one of us. Some of you are dominated by sun tanning. By your nails. I'll go to hell if I don't get my nails done this week. See, I'm just giving you little, little illustrations. And each one of us, this looks differently. But if I'm, is God against us having hobbies? No. God loves for me to play golf. He just doesn't like golf to dominate me. Where that becomes my livelihood. I'm going to play golf instead of ever doing anything with God. Getting in the Word, fellowshipping with God. And so once again, this doesn't mean you're a bad person. This just means that the devil's trying to break your focus. Thank you. Now, this wasn't in the Amplified. This was just in my own paraphrased edition. Technology. Ugh. Think about this, guys. How much time you spend on the computer? Email. Facebook. Texting. Twitter. Tweeter. Titer. Uh, just, just keep going on. I mean, cell phones, video games. And so, is anything wrong with it? No, I don't believe there's anything wrong with any of those until they start dominating me. And I believe right now that a lot of those are great tools until they start controlling me. Now, here's a great revelation for some of you young ones. There was life before cell phones. I, I can think back, guys, when it was a big deal, when you had a friend that said, hey, hey, we got two phones in our house now. And I, I remember the old dial phones, you know, where there was party lines. And my grandma would say, don't you get on that third party line. We'd mess with them. Life went on. Is it okay to have? It is. But it isn't when they dominate us, when we think we always have to be available to it. Now, this is what happens many times when our cell phone rings. You know what every one of us in this room do? I got to answer it. I got to. I got. It's like a magnet that starts pulling you. This happened to me a few weeks ago accidentally. I left my cell phone at home. I got about halfway here, and I, I twitched. I was like, oh, my God. What? And I thought, I'm going to go home and get it. And then it was like the Holy Ghost said, don't you dare go home and get it. You just leave it. And it was on the inside. I can't do that. People need me. Not as much as you think, buddy. <laughs> so I came to work without it. And actually it was pretty pleasant. And so I did it the next day. Now I can honestly tell you this. I didn't do it intentionally again. I ran off and left it again. When I go on vacation, guys, I turn it off. If you've ever tried to get a hold of me for three or four days in a row and you can't, it's because it's off. Because you know what I found out? That thing's not going to dominate me. And just like some of you in this room right now, you may have your phone on vibrate, but I'll guarantee if there's a text to come across you, you think you're so important, you've got to respond. I've been there. So what happens? These things begin to dominate us. Facebook. Some of you think you have to give your thought and your opinion over. You don't. You're not that important. 
This is the truth. This happened. That there was a person who would respond to Facebook just like that. So some people thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put this on Facebook, this on Facebook, this on Facebook. And they said, we're going to see how long it takes this person to respond to each one of them. Two minutes. Two minutes. And I thought, you're not that important. You're really not. This is another true story. There was a mother who got up one morning. She panics because she doesn't know where her cell phone is. Starts screaming at the kids. None of you guys have ever done that. Where is my cell phone? Screaming to her husband, where is my cell phone? One of the kids looked at her and said, Mom, you're on it. Now, I told this the first service. I've, I've watched Doug Dynasty two times in my life. If you watch Doug Dynasty, that's okay, all right? I'm not getting on that. Bless those rednecks. Bless them. Those are some deep boys. Okay, so anyhow. The, the, the day I flip by there, like it's, I'm, I'm a channel surfer. I, I drive my wife crazy. So I'm flipping around, and, and he gets my attention. He's taking his two grandsons out, and he's fishing. And he's trying to hold a conversation with him. They can't even talk. Just sit there. And so he looks at him and says, what do you two fellas do that you're any good at? We play video games. And he said, listen, boys. He said, I want to be proud of you. But when I have friends ask me, what do your grandkids do? I don't want to look at them and say, well, they're good at good video games. But see, what can happen to all this is they dominate us. They control us. That man, you, you get pulled by these things. Is sitting good, guys? So what do we do? Well, turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4. Now, in saying all those, I believe I, I need to make a checklist of my own life and, and be honest and say, yep, that's me. That one dominates me. That one controls me. And that is the purpose that you've got to remember this illustration right here. I'm going to tell you, the word needs to be priority. I've I got to get in this every day. I, gotta, I like to say it this way. I feed my faith, and it starves my doubts. But it doesn't just happen, guys. How many of you remember the word fluke? You know, usually it's used in an athletic term. That was a fluke that they won. That was a fluke. It just happened. It was a miracle. It shouldn't have happened. Well, I'm going to tell you something about the word of God. You won't fluke the Word of God. You're going to have to do it on purpose, okay? And when you see people that walk in the 30, the 60, the 100-fold fruit, it's not because they fluked it. It's not because they were born on this side of the tracks or that side. It's because they made the Word of God priority in their life. And that's the same with us. Now look what it says here in Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, consent to it, submit to it. Do not let them, my words, depart from your eyes. Keep them, my word, in the midst of your heart. For they, my word, are life to those who find them, and my word is health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. With fixed purpose. And your eye looks look right before you. Stay focused. Ponder the path of your feet. 
And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from the evil. Now when I look at this, I I think about all the words he gives here. He says, give attention to the word. He says, incline your ear. Don't let him depart. Keep with all diligence. Because out of them springs the, the issues of life. Out of my heart springs the issue of life. Can I tell you something about your heart? What's put in your heart will come out. That will determine the issues of your life. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. You watch all those mass reruns every day, you may really can talk about Hawkeye and Radar and them, but it doesn't do a flip when it comes to the Word of God. Okay? So this is what he's talking about. Make my Word a part of your life, a part of your day. Make it priority. Now, if we went to the book of James, chapter 1, I'm not going to go there right now, but in verses 5 through 8, It talks about a a double-minded man. He's unstable in all his ways. You know what a double-minded man is? He thinks like a saint on Sunday, but he acts like a sinner on Monday. One day he lives by the word of God, the next. And he says here in this, James does, he said, let not man think he'll receive anything from God. And so you know what? If you're back, you're not going to receive nothing. Now, James 1.22 gives us a great nugget. It says, not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word, not deceiving yourself. So once again, we can think about every one of these yahoos here, these first three, every one of them heard the word of God. The word of God does me no good unless I obey it. Unless I do it. Now, I can stand before you and I can say truthfully today. I'm walking in more freedom in my life than I ever have. And it's not a result of a quick fix. It's because a consistency of serving God. Even when my flesh doesn't want to. There are days I can honestly say, I don't want to come in here and pray. I really don't. But there's times when you discipline your life and say, You're going to do it whether you want to or not. And I'll come over here and I'll start praying. And before long I realize, thank God I did it. How many of you have ever run in the natural and you didn't want to? You know how often that happens to me now? About every day. Most of the times I can look and think, I really don't want to run. Do you run, Pastor? Well, I don't call it running. I'm going in motion now, but my legs don't move as fast as they do. But I still do it. Because it's this, guys. I get out of life what I put in it. In every area. You put the Word of God in your life in, in your life, and in your heart. You know what the Bible says? It shall not return void. It won't do it. Go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And this is what we'll end with. I apologize if it's getting hot in here, guys. This, this weather's incredible, isn't it? 91 day and 25 the next. It's freaking our system out here. Joshua chapter 1. Now as you're turning to Joshua 1, it's right after Deuteronomy. Let me give you a verse that this will really help you. This is uh, John chapter 14 verse 27 in the Amplified. Listen to this. Don't let your heart be troubled or afraid. I highlight here. Don't let your heart, don't let it. 
So you know what that tells me? I don't have to let my heart be troubled or afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Don't permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, or unsettled. Now you know what every bit of that says to me? I can if I want to, but I don't have to. I can begin to focus on the Word of God, guys. Too many times, many of you know what you focus on? You focus on all your mistakes. You know what you need to do? You need to repent and move on. You've been around this mountain too many times. It's time to move on. It's Repent of it and go. The second thing for many people is instead of focusing on the Word of God, we focus on what the devil's doing. Oh, it's bad, Pastor. He's after me. Well, quit giving that rat any publicity. Begin to rebuke him and stand on the word and move on. Instead of focus on the word, many of us use all our time and energy to mumble, complain, gossip. Now in this passage right here, this is what this is talking about. Joshua was as Moses' assistant all those years. And he's been around all those bedwetters. They whined and complained and belly ached. Told everybody how hard it was. And so... God tells Joshua, he said, listen, buddy, you're going to lead them in. you the man. Three times in chapter 1, he says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. I believe that's a word for every one of us today. Be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. Even when life's difficult, say, uh-uh, this is what the Word of God said. Now, God's so good. He doesn't just tell Joshua be strong and good courage. He tells him how to do that. You want to see how you do it? Look at verse 8. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You know what this tells me? Start speaking the word out of your mouth. Quit telling everybody why you can't. And start agreeing with the word of God. Remember with, with the man named Gideon, the angel of the Lord shows up and Gideon's in there at the wine press and he looks at Gideon and says, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, who are you talking to? You got the wrong address. Not only am I the weakest in my father's house, our clan is the weakest in the whole nation. But you know what God said about him? You mighty man of valor. What God said about Abraham? He said, listen, buddy, I'm so confident in you, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. And so God was telling him, just get in agreement with me here. See, that's a lot of us. i got to start speaking what the Word of God says over my life. Don't let it depart out of your mouth. Quit talking about how bad your marriage is. My husband's stupid. He doesn't ever do anything right. Well, you know what? You're painting a picture of him. I mean, I heard him say one day about a lady who just continually cursed her husband that way. And the lady looked and said, what does he do good? And she said, he gets out of bed. And said, well, I got the best husband. He gets out of bed. Great. Find something good to say. But get in the Word. Start speaking it, okay? The second thing is he goes on to say here. But you shall meditate in it day and night. What do you think the it was there? The word of God. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word meditate means to recite it. How? Over and over and over 
and over again. So what ends up happening to me, guys? I take the information from the Bible, and I start getting it into my mind. And I think it, and I say it. And I think it, and I say it over and over again. And guess what ultimately happens? That information becomes revelation. What does that mean? It goes from up here into here. And when the word of God gets in here, it begins to take root. And you know what happens? Something on the inside starts working on the outside. And oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change in my life. Guys, I've done this over and over, over and over. Some of you think you're a mess right now. You, you're not half the mess I was. But over and over, guys, I've got where I found out Scripture and the Word of God, and I speak it over my life day by day by day by day by day. Day by day. From the time I started speaking Colossians 1.13 that he delivered me out of the power of darkness until I was totally set free was over four years. Four years. I kept speaking to the mountain. I kept speaking. And you know what? I begin to see a change. If any of you have ever been addicted to something, it's a big deal for you to go a day without it. I was addicted to alcohol. But it was a huge celebration when I went a day without it. That was a big deal. And before long, it was a week. And even in those times, guess what I would do? I would speak the Word of God. And when I'd go out and drink, I would repent. And I'd say, that's not me. That's not me. The Word of God said He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. I thank you, Lord. Alcohol has no dominion over me. So I would speak that. I'd recite the Word of God over me. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've transferred me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I went from this realm to this realm because of you, Lord Jesus. And before long, it had been a month. I'd go a whole month without a drink. And then it went into a year. And now it's been, I know, almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. That's to God be the glory. This jumps back to Isaiah 55, guys. The Word of God will not return void. You know what that means? The Word will work when it hits the right soil. And you determine the soil. So he tells us here, he says, you got to speak the Word. you got to meditate on it there in day and night. Why? So that you may observe to do it. To do it. You know who the people are that are in this box, the 30, the 60, the 100 are? Those are the ones who did the Word of God. When I see people in the church that are walking in great victory, I don't look at them and say, they just fluked it. They're just lucky. No, I look and I think, those are people that hold fast to the Word of God. And they're not moved by their circumstances. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God's working mightily in me. You got to believe that. Now, this is where the 30, the 60, the 100 fold jumps into this verse. After you speak it and you recite it and you obey it over and over again. Listen to this. For then you. Who? For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Why? I speak the word, I meditate on the word, and I do it. And the word of God, guys, it will produce. When? In due season. In due season. If I hold fast to it. 
There's a word in the Greek for commitment. The word commitment in the Greek means to make an investment. To make an investment. To be committed. Now each one of us in here, we make investments in things throughout our life. Many times when we make an investment, we do it for retirement. Or we, we, we make an investment to save money so we can go on vacation or what. But to make an investment, guys, that means I'm planning for my future today. Today. Now let me ask you this right now. What have you been investing in in your todays for your future? Have you been investing in the thorns? See, I say that to say this, guys. You can change your investment today. And start saying, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to the Word of God. Today, that will affect my future. And each one of us have that right. For years of my life, I made an investment into the party scene. Alcohol and drugs, okay? You know what I said one day? This investment is going to lead me to one or two places. Jail or to the grave. And so I said, you know, i got to change my investment. And I purposed in my heart, I'm going to start investing in this book. And I'm going to tell you guys, I thank God that I did that. I look at it now, and I'm, my life is, I live a blessed life, guys. I do, I mean, I, I, I don't worry. I just turn things over to God. God is looking for ones that will connect with him. Stand up with me here. Stand up. You know, the Word of God will set you free if you're willing.